Good morning, Cornerstone. How you doing? Good morning, Santan. How you doing, my east side peeps out there? I'm so thrilled to be here today. It has been seven years since I stood on, not this stage, the main stage over in what's now the Student Center. Um, my name is Chris Hayda, and I'm the pastor of Missions and outreach. And seven years ago, God told me to, to take one of those faith steps and, and go with my friend and plant a church out in Santan Valley. And so we've had a, just a blast over the last seven years. And now I'm back and just absolutely thrilled to be here. Lynn Winters used to be my youth pastor way back in the day. When I first met Skinny Lynn, it was 24 years ago. And ministry has made bigger men out of both of us. But um, it was in Yucaipa, California. And I was one of those scrawny little high schoolers that had plans to do anything and everything but what God wanted me to do. In fact, Lynn was the youth pastor for only two months of my life because I came my senior year, came to one of those big friend days. Yes, he used to do those in the youth ministry as well. And I remember just sitting there and going, wow. What have I missed? What a joy this would have been, and what, what an amazing opportunity this would have been for me my freshman, sophomore, and junior years. Boy, the trouble I would have stayed out of. And I remember working alongside Lynn um, in youth ministry for five years out in Yukaipa. And then all of a sudden, one day, Lynn came up and said, Hey, me and um, a couple others, we're going to go out to Arizona and plant a church. Number one, I didn't know what planning a church even means. I thought they always existed. And two, I had heard stories about Arizona. I had never been there. I was one of those snotty Southern California guys. And I'm like, Arizona? All I knew of Arizona was the TV show Alice. Remember that? And, and Mel Sharples. So I'm like, why are you going there? That's like the wilderness. Stay in Egypt. I was so sinful. And and so they went out, and I stayed in Yucaipa another five years, and then I get another call. Hey, why, why don't you, and Lynn loves doing this, by the way, why don't you give up the ministry out in Yucaipa, if it's okay with them, give up the ministry out I know you got a good ministry going on, you have a nice house, you get a fairly decent salary, why don't you come out here and work with eight children at a Hamilton High School, and we'll pay you nothing? <laughs> and I was like... Okay, and so off I went, 1999, came out here and worked in youth ministry and just had a blast, and, and, and it was, again, one of those faith moments, and so today we're actually going to talk about what it means to be at the precipice, what it means to take that step out into faith. We are closing the series um, by the book, Galatians Today. Two weeks ago, Scott came on, did a phenomenal job of talking about what it means to live by works, and how as Christians we were called to, to put to death all those things we used to do and be crucified with Christ. And in order to do that, we aren't supposed to live on our own means anymore. We're not supposed to live by our own works. In fact, he gave us a little equation. You guys remember this? Jesus plus the cross plus anything equals nothing. Jesus plus the cross plus anything and I mean anything equals nothing. In fact, it's actually Jesus plus the cross plus nothing equals everything. 
Last week, my good friend, Pastor Josh from the COC, came out here, and that was fun, by the way, uh, came out here and talked about this whole idea of reaping and sowing. And he said this, what comes around goes around. And the whole idea that grace is us getting what we do not deserve. We do not deserve the grace that Jesus has given us. Today we're going to finish in Galatians, and if you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter 3, and we're going to start out in verse 1. So we've talked about works, we've talked about this idea of grace. Today we're going to just drop anchor and try to understand what it means to actually live by faith. Not say we live by faith, but actually to take that step. Galatia was a church plant, much like Lynn planted Cornerstone many years back. Paul was the ultimate church planter. Every time Paul entered a city, when he left, there was a church. Paul planted churches all over the world, the known world at that time, in Galatia, in Ephesus, Berea, um, in Rome, in Athens. Everywhere Paul went, he planted a church. And what typically happened about a couple months, a couple years afterwards, the church couldn't help themselves. They wanted to add a little bit of the me to the equation. And so finally, Paul starts writing letters back to these churches, and Galatians is one, written to the church of Galatia, and, and Paul's frustrated. So we need to just get into Paul's mindset, hop on his sandals, and listen to what he's saying here. Galatians 3, verse 1, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. He's asking this rhetorical question. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning... After laying a foundation, after beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Wow. Paul was frustrated. Now let me translate this for you in modern terms. You foolish Galatians. You foolish Galatians literally means, are you out of your mind? Parents, have you ever said that? Are you out of your mind? Have you even said that to your kids? Are you, no. Are you out of your mind? And then he says, what's bewitched you? This literally means, and I'm going to use the biblical terminology here, what the hell has gotten into you? That's what Paul's saying. What evil, what hell, what separation, what death have you allowed into your church? The church was started on the foundation of God, only God, nothing else, what have you allowed in? What do you mean you have to be circumcised? What do you mean you have to be baptized? What do you mean you have to do this? What do you mean you have to do that? Jesus plus the cross plus nothing. Paul's frustrated. He asked him the question, at the beginning, when, when we laid the foundation of this church on the word of God, was it the Spirit of works? Or was it by faith? He already knew the answer. It was by faith. Churches have to have faith as their foundation or they'll die. 
Christians, people who have given their life to Jesus Christ, followers of Christ, have to start with the base of foundation of faith. If you do not have that as your foundation, whatever you put upon it will fall. If your foundation is works, it'll crumble. If your foundation is education, it'll crumble. If your foundation is anything apart from Jesus Christ, it'll crumble. And you know, it wasn't just Galatia. Paul said the same thing in almost all his letters to his churches. Look what he said to the Ephesians. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Later on, he talked about foundation with the Ephesians. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. Faith in Jesus has to be the cornerstone. It's not just a catchy name for a church. It's got to be the foundation. And it wasn't just the turkeys over in Turkey. It was happening on the west side too. Look what was happening in Rome. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Or in other translations, those who live by their sinful nature cannot please God. Those who live by their own sinful nature, those who add things to the equation, cannot please God. Not sometimes they'll please. Cannot please God. It's impossible. So today we're going to talk about, well then, what does God want us to do? If I can't do anything on my own, what, what can I do? We're going to talk about faith. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. And if anyone ever asks you, hey, can you define faith for me? Just tell them, read Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. Now faith is being sure. Some translations say, now faith is the confidence. Do you have confidence? How many have ever ridden a roller coaster? Raise your hand. Be proud. Roller coasters of America. Here we go. How many absolutely enjoyed the roller coaster? How many hated it with a passion and you swore you'd never do it again? Okay. That's okay. I remember going to Magic Mountain. Now, Magic Mountain, Southern California, is where roller coasters live. They breathe there. And... I remember hopping on the big roller coaster. And I remember sitting in there, and you know when you sit down in that seat, your heart already starts racing. <laughs> and I don't know why we put ourselves through these things. But, and then you grab the bar, and you go click, 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 click. <sighs> That's never enough, is it? It's never enough. There's no way on earth you're getting out, but we always do this. And now the entire roller coaster, you can't breathe. <laughs> and so I remember sitting there, 
And all of a sudden, the teenager sends me off to my doom, and I'm going up. This is fun. And I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden, we get up to the top, and you always look down, you're like, yep. (laughs) And you're just right there. And then all of a sudden, this moment happens. And then, and you just, and all of a sudden you're blue. I'm about to pass out. Okay, here we go. Yeah, you're just blue. Picture. And at some point you're like, yeah, and then you finish. And then you get off, and you tell everybody about what just, I think I spit all over myself. You, you tell everybody what just happened. And as long as the person right here doesn't throw up, it was an amazing ride. Why? Why? Can I tell you? It's the same thing with faith. It's because when you do this, you've lost control. From that point on, You've lost control. Maybe your mind too, but you've lost control. And no matter what happens, you are out of control. And that's what's so fun. The ups and downs, the twists and turns, the water, the fire, the drops, whatever it is, it's fun. And you just do this the entire time and you are excited. This is amazing. This is amazing. Can I tell you, I was on that exact same roller coaster about three or four years later. Different outcome. Get in there, check, click, click, click. <gasps> Everything's fine. Start heading up. Yeah, I'm a veteran. I do this all the time. And just, I'm excited. And here we go. Everybody's small. And then all of a sudden, about halfway up, poof, the, the bar goes like this. And I'm like, there's a gap. There is a gap! Teenager can't hear anything. Obviously, I'm standing. Some security guy in some booth no one knows is like, and freaking out, and I'm like, there's nothing, nothing. Right now, everything's rushing through my mind. Is there a loop? Is there a loop? Is there a loop? And, and here it is. Click, 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 click. I am holding on to everything. Picture. And then it ends. But seriously, isn't this life sometimes? Isn't this our faith journey? Sitting there upside down. What's the difference between the two rides? Same ride. Maybe even the same seat. Same ups. Same downs. Same twists, turns. What's the difference? Why on one ride was I just considering it pure joy 
And why on the other ride was I in my fetal position praying to God <laughs> that I didn't die? Has everything to do with the safety bar. That's faith. Jesus is our foundation. He is our safety bar. And the problem is with Christians is we profess our faith in Jesus Christ, but we live life in fear and upside down with every twist and turn, every drop, because we say we have faith and Jesus promises he will always be secure. He's not like some dumb ride at Magic Mountain. He will never let us go. We freak out. Faith is the absolute loss of control, and you have to prepare yourself for that. The second one is faith is letting God drive the car of your life, and here's what I mean by that. How many of you learn to drive from your dad? You are very good drivers. <laughs> you might drive like this, but you're good drivers. How many of you learn to drive from your mom? God help us, because you guys are dangerous. <laughs> you shouldn't even be on the road. You shouldn't be spreading that disease to future generations. Because here's what happens. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, women. Maybe it's just my mother tainted me. Here I am, back in my faith chair, and some 24 years ago, I'm learning how to drive, and here's my five-foot-one-inch of panic sitting next to me. I am driving at 10 and 2. Perfect gaps, mirror adjusted. I'm not listening to the radio. She's here. I'm paying attention to the road. This is before texting. Driving, perfect. And all of a sudden, I look down, and my mom's doing this. And you know when you do this, I'm like, I didn't understand at the time that she was panicking. And then out of nowhere, here's what blows my eardrum on the right side. <laughs> she reaches over and grabs my steering wheel. I'm at 10 and 2, she's at 9 and 3, and we're about to die. She grabbed my steering wheel. Never, ever, 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 ever grab someone's steering wheel. And here's why. And I have not embellished this. I know I'm a pastor, but I have not embellished this. One mile up, allegedly, someone was crossing the road. That's it. That's it. After we stopped spinning out of control, <laughs> I embellished that, but after we stopped, and my heart eased down, I looked at her and went, are you out of your mind? <laughs> we do this all the time as Christians. When all of a sudden someone pops up, and even though God's in full control, we start grabbing. And our life starts spinning out of control. You see, God's the driver of your life. He's not the co-pilot. By the way, that's the most arrogant statement you can ever make. God is not your co-pilot. He's not your spare tire that you just take out when things 
get tough. He's the driver of your life. And you've got to, sure, put on your safety belt, but you've got to stay in your seat and allow God to drive it. Even when things get scary, even when things pop out a mile ahead that you weren't anticipating, you've got to allow God to drive the car. But see, this is, this is the battle that's happened since the beginning of time. This happened in the Garden of Eden. All of a sudden, Eve is like, hmm. Every time we fall into sin, it's because we start acting independently. Independently of God's plan. And even though God's supposed to be our foundation, we start adding things, adding conditions, adding religion, adding all these additives to our life. And we struggle for control of a life that we have given to God. How many of you know what the, the two most important tenets in Satanism are? That's probably good, okay? The two most important tenets in Satanism are this. Live for yourself. Deny Christ. Live for yourself and deny Christ. Isn't that the opposite of God's plan? Isn't that the opposite of God's foundation? To deny self and take up the cross and follow Jesus? This is how Satan wins in your life. He doesn't win by you joining the occult. He doesn't win that way. He wins by you doing anything on your own, acting independently of God's plan for your life. He wins every time you flinch and grab the steering wheel. Having faith in God is an absolute loss of control. Having faith in God is allowing him to drive the car of your life. Having faith takes us beyond mere religion and into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, Christianity was never designed to be a religion. Can I also tell you this, and this is a pastor speaking boldly to you, religion in any way has done nothing but kill, hurt, maim, and destroy people and destroy their lives since the beginning of time. Religion destroys relationships heal religion is built on hate and judgment relationships based on love religion adds all these things well i go to church and and i sing all the songs and i i do all that i i do everything i'm supposed to do can i tell you because you're sitting in this room right now does it make you a christian any more than in an hour going to Taco Bell makes you a chalupa. It's funny, but it's the same logic. But I sing all the songs. I raise my hands. Millie Vanilli raised their hands and sung songs. <laughs> I just put an age divide in this room. That's okay. <laughs> God's not impressed with songs that are lip-synced comes from the heart. What is your foundation based on? Religion or relationship? Why'd you come here today? Was it based off religion? Or because you have a relationship with the creator of the universe and there is no place in this world that you'd rather be? Relationship enables in a good way. As we look at Hebrews chapter 11, it is a 
hall of fame of those who lived by faith. And every time it mentions one of those heroes from the past, it says, by faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith, Noah. By faith, Daniel. By faith, David. By faith, Rahab. Accomplish these great things. You know what by faith literally means? It means God enabled God enabled Abraham to do this. God enabled Moses. God enabled Rahab. God enabled Elijah. It was God. Was it man? Had nothing to do with man. It was based on a relationship with God. And at some point in these men and women's lives, they got on their knees and said, I'm letting go. Faith takes us beyond mere religion and into a relationship with God. See, it comes down to this. You either have faith in God or you live by your own works. God says, lose control. Man says, gain control. God says, let go. Man says, grab it. God says, I want a relationship out of love with you. Man says, I want to build a religion towards myself. The Galatians were dealing with this. The Ephesians were dealing with this. The Romans were dealing with this. We deal with this. It's all about God. And yet we let fear and division into our lives. You know what denomination literally means? Division. We allow separation. We allow gossip. We are building our temples based on man instead of letting go and in humility, trusting God even when it's scary. Two of the greatest stories in the Bible about faith, and you've heard this. If you've grown up in church, you've heard this from the beginning. These two stories. The first one's Abraham. Remember when he grabbed his little cute little son Isaac, his miracle son, the son that was given to him at an old age, the son that God promised all the nations would be blessed through this child. One day, God woke Abraham up and said, hey, click that bar down because you need to go sacrifice Isaac to me. You need to go plunge a knife through his heart. Now, sometimes we, we escape ourselves from the Bible. I want you to put yourself in Abraham's sandals. Are you out of your mind, God? Are you crazy? But watch what Abraham did. He grabbed Isaac, and I'm sure it pained his heart. I'm sure there was tears. And he brought him to a point to where he had the knife straight up, and God stopped him. And we're always told, Abraham showed faith right here. Can I tell you, Abraham showed faith a little while earlier when he took that first step to the mountain. And he looked at his servant and said, stay here with the donkey. I'm going to take Isaac over there. We're going to worship and then we will return. Abraham had faith to know that even though he didn't understand it, even though he couldn't understand the outcome, God's plan and promise would not fail because it was a sure foundation in his life. And whether God had to resurrect Isaac or whatever, 
God's plan would not be thwarted. We see in the New Testament as the disciples are out on the boat and a storm hits and here comes Jesus walking on the water. And I don't know about you, but if, if I'm sitting here on the boat and all of a sudden, I'd be like, what? Here's Jesus walking on the water. And he comes there and 11 disciples stay in the boat and one of them does what? Peter gets up and takes a step. Now, every time I've heard that story, most often we say, oh, Peter lacked faith because we read Jesus' words when he looks at Peter and Peter is walking on water. Let me rewind that again because it's never happened. Peter is walking on water. That's impossible. I've tried it. It's, Peter is walking on water and he gets to Jesus and yes, Peter falls because he takes his eyes off of Jesus and you shouldn't be like Peter. Can I tell you, please be like Peter. Get out of the boat when everybody else in the world is sitting there doing nothing. Jesus said these words, you have little faith. Please understand what Jesus means by little because the other people had no faith. Jesus looked at a human being and said, you have little faith. What else did Jesus say equates to little? Mustard seeds. What do mustard seed sized faiths do? Move mountains. Resurrect the dead. One time in the history of the world, a human being had enough faith to move a mountain. Peter had faith. And his faith moment was not in front of Jesus. It was back at the boat. Abraham's moment was not here. It was back at the beginning. Faith takes a commitment to risk. I heard a wise man say once, God is on the other side of risk. It takes a commitment. Do you have that commitment to take that step? Faith is a continual process. You need to understand that wasn't Peter's first attempt at trying to be faithful. That wasn't Abraham's first attempt. They messed up many times in their life. In fact, as you go down and look at the Hall of Fame, all the greats, you'll find drunkards, liars, prostitutes, murderers, adulterers. And yet, at some point in their life, they humbled themselves and let go of the steering wheel and God transformed the world through them. You might be sitting in here going, I'm not an Abraham. I'm not a Moses. God can never use me. God can never use me. Can I tell you, if you're saying that right now, you're the exact person God's going to use, you better put on your belt buckle. It's going to happen. God can use and will use you if you let go of the steering wheel and allow him to. Faith is not always comfortable. It's hard. A lot of those people who God enabled were crucified, cut in two, fed to the lions. Not comfortable. We talk in America about what it means to not be comfortable. Go on a mission trip. See what the rest of the world deals with. Faith is not always comfortable. In fact, I'm going to, I need a volunteer. Anybody, anybody out there? All right, come on up. Come on up. Yep. All right, hurry up. All right, prize is right. Come on. Here we go. And Santan, watch this trick. Here we go. All right, what's your name? Grace. Grace. Wow, I didn't plant this. All right, come on over there. Come over here. My name's Chris. Nice to meet you. Okay, we're going to do an example. Come over here. All right, do you trust me? Yes. Do you even know me? You don't trust me. All right, here we go. All right, I'm going to, you've done this before. You just go like this and like that. Okay, and I, I promise I'll catch you, okay? All right, turn around. There we go. All right, 
Arms out. All right, this is the classic faith drop. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three, go. Very good. Okay, she demonstrated incredible faith. Was that hard? Okay, this is very simple. Oh, do it again. We're not done. All right, here we go. Oh, here we go. Here we go. One, two, three, drop. Very good. Okay, do you see? See what's happening here. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three, drop. Very good. Very good. Okay, over and over again, she's showing incredible faith, incredible trust in me. Here we go. Look forward. You're lacking faith. Here we go. Look forward. Arms out. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three, go. Perfect. All right, ready? One, two, three, go. Okay. Oh! What happened? What happened here? There we go. All right, now. Grace did something that everybody does. Can I tell you faith is not come? Give her a hand. Very good. Very good. Hop on down there. Grace got used to little falls, little falls, little falls. And then all of a sudden, and about right here, she grabbed the wheel. We need to understand this. In our walk with God, in our walk with Jesus Christ, God said he will catch us. He will, always, he will never let us go. He will catch us. At no time did he say how far he'd let us fall before he does that. And sometimes we live life and God catches. God catches. Oh, it's so good to be a Christian. Hallelujah. And, we're, and then all of a sudden, ah, fetal position. Faith is not always comfortable. It is a commitment to risk. But God can use everybody in here. Everybody stand up, and we'll close with this. Everybody stand up. And I'm going to need you to participate. Are you guys ready? All right, here we go. I need you, when I say by faith, remember that means God enabled, by faith, and you, <clears throat> you have to yell your name, at the top of your lungs. Don't cop out on this. Everybody has to yell. Don't worry if you're embarrassing. You've lived with it all your life. Here we go. Just, all right? By faith. Pretty good. Way better than first service. Deal with that first service. Okay, here we go. Try it again. By faith. Louder. Santan, I can't even hear you. Here we go. Try it again. By faith. All right, let's go. Here we go. By faith. When called to go serve, even though they had little and no ability, they obeyed and went. By faith. When they were called to tell others, even though they were scared and ill-prepared, obeyed because they had faith in the invisible. By faith. Obeyed God and offered their sacrifice in time, money, energy, even though they had little and they impacted Chandler, they impacted Santan, and they impacted the world because they had faith in God. Now I'm going to ask you to do something because we're in this together. We're one. We're not divided. Here we go. You're going to, I'm going to say by faith, and you're going to just yell cornerstone. Here we go. By faith. Cornerstone. Woo! Here we go. By faith. Cornerstone. <laughs> Built buildings, added rooms, were able to reach more people. Santan bought land because God acts when people obey. By faith. Preached the good news of Jesus Christ worldwide, defended the fatherless, and became a light in the city because we, as a church, became less so Jesus could become more. Some of you in here are standing at a faith moment. I'm going to challenge you to let go. Maybe it's financially. We are a church of God. We have the power to move. 
and yet we're stuck on building a building, maybe it's time to start giving. For some of you, maybe it's time. We need mentors in that youth ministry. We need workers in that children's ministry. For some of you, maybe God's been putting it on your heart to get on a mission trip. We're going to Jamaica. We're going to Kenya. We're going to India. Guess what? Every second Saturday, we're going to Chandler, Santan Valley. Maybe it's time to take that step. What is it in your life that you're so afraid of? What is it that's keeping you on this pillar instead of on the sure foundation of God? Cornerstone, it's time to move. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you for the ride. Even though it's scary, give us wisdom to see things the way you see them. Give us wisdom to trust that you are the creator of the universe. Give us the wisdom to trust that you have called us to a life worthy of the call. Heavenly Father, give us the passion to change lives, to defend those who need defending, to tell people who are dying spiritually the good news of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, give us the courage and the commitment to give, not to build religion, but to build relationship in this community. Take away our excuses, take away our doubts, take away our fear. Give us the commitment to serve. Give us the commitment to grow. Heavenly Father, give us the commitment to be three to be. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for those you have brought before us, those who had the faith to move mountains. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for that same faith. Enable us to do amazing things and we will give you all the glory because it's only yours to have. In your precious name we pray, amen.